0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. Well, this morning I want to look in Genesis chapter 22, kind of a long, I'm going to read a long portion here in just a little bit, verses 1 through 19, but we'll, we'll survive that. So in Genesis 22, we're going to look at what God kind of did with Abraham during this time. You know we're already in the back half of the school year for the for the school kids. I mean it's already the second semester. Kids are studying or at home, they probably already in this second semester taking a lot of the quizzes and tests. And you know, unfortunately, that's just part of the deal with school. Part of the deal with school is you have to take tests. You are put through some rigorous tests. Sometimes Now, a little, uh, just a little advice from someone who has a few years on him. Don't do what I did when it came to tests. So I would wait until like the night before the test, and then I would cram, and then I would cram, and I would cram. And then, you know, the next day uh, was the test, and I just kind of, blah, you know, just all that information that I crammed just kind of came out. But then after the test, I mean, it was like an information dump. I mean, once it was off and onto the paper, it was gone. It never it never came back again. So, so don't do that. That's not a good way to take tests because you're, you're being tested so that you actually retain some of what you learn so that maybe eventually you use it in life. I mean, you might not use everything uh, in your life. So don't do what I did. You know, you don't just cram for tests. Let the tests teach you, and let the tests pull you and shape you and and, and kind of drive you to bigger things. You know, and, and, and I'm talking about these tests in school, but in a sense, everyone, no matter what point you are in life, you still go through tests. Even we Christians are put to the test. God gives us tests. Now, they're not multiple choice. Quite often, they're painful, like a long essay or or something like that, but he puts us to the test. And there's several reasons that God puts us to the test, and there's lots of different tests that God might put us through. But, you know, God is trying to grow us. God is trying to, to kind of put it in a crass way, get us some learning. He's trying to teach us. He's trying to move us. He's trying to mold us. And he's trying to bring us to a point of trust. Trust in him. Trust in his son, Jesus Christ. And so the tests that God puts us through, you can look at them from different angles. He puts us through tests to see if we've grasped the lessons that he's put us through in life. He puts us through tests to kind of force us to look at ourselves. And he puts us through tests to mold us. He uses it actually as a tool. And he puts us through tests ultimately so that we see our insufficiency within ourselves, but we're able to see clearly his all sufficiency. And so, we're reading in Scripture a test. God put Abraham to the test. Abraham, even at the age that he was at this point, still needed some learning. He still needed to grow. Now, you know, to bring into context where we're at in Abraham's story, just so we, we know where we're at. Now you remember at the age of 75, God called Abraham away from his household, away from his people to go to a land that he was going to be promised. It was actually, you know, promised to his offspring. The problem was, you know, he said, you, your offspring are going to have this land. The problem was he didn't have any offspring. And, and so at, so at 75, he goes into this land. At about the age of 86, God renews the promises and makes a covenant with Abraham. And again, he solemnly swears this promise. You're going to have this land, you're going to have offspring, here's my promises to you. But the problem was, he still didn't have any offspring. So Abraham did what most of us humans like to do. When God isn't moving fast enough, you know what? I'm just gonna take matters into my own hands, I'm just gonna do it all on my own. And so you get the whole Hagar Ishmael debacle. God's like, no! That's not my plan. So that's about the age of 86. Then at the age of 99, God visits Abraham and says, next year at this time, you're gonna have a child with Sarah he's 99 she's about 89 and Sarah laughed like (laughs) God's like why'd you laugh I didn't laugh yeah you laughed why'd you laugh is really anything impossible for God they learned a lesson then too no nothing is impossible for God at the ripe Young age of 100, Abraham has a son. God's promise is fulfilled. But just because a promise is fulfilled doesn't necessarily mean that Abraham can take it easy. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden Abraham well, can stop walking by faith. Okay, I got the son of promise. I've got it from here, God. I've got this under control. Well, no. Abraham still has some growing to do, some learning to do. And so, I guess maybe to see if the life lessons of faith, if, if Abraham is, is rightly seeing God as all-sufficient, God puts him to the test. And God puts him to the test with his most prized earthly possession. If you want to call, call him that, Isaac. Isaac. The son that he had waited for for so long, the son of promise. God put him to the test. And the thing is, God will put us to the test as well. Now, God doesn't put us to the test to tear us down. God doesn't put us to the test to try and trip us up. God doesn't put us to the test. This isn't like a test that he wants you to fail. But God needs us to realize some things and God needs us to learn some things. And so just as Abraham was put to the test, you know, God will put us to the test as well. To see if, well, I mean really, is God my full sufficiency or do I still think, "Hey, I got it?" Well, you know, there's a lot of different tests that that we could say in this one test Abraham was put through. There's a lot of different angles that we could look at this test from. And so that's what I want to do. And so I want to read verses 1 through 19 in Genesis 22. So it's a long passage, but let's stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. And let's take a look at this passage. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. So they went, both of them, together. Now, when they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. So Abraham returned to his young man, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that we are open to whatever lessons we need to learn personally in the tests that you put forth, and Lord, I just pray that we're encouraged by them because it means growth and Christlikeness, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So I want to look at the different angles of this test, we could say, maybe the different tests within the test that lead us to a greater trust in Christ. There's several areas of testing uh, that, you know, we may go go through one of them. We may go, go through all of them. But I want us to understand how God might put us to the test. And first, I want to talk about today that there is a test of the heart. There is a test of the heart. You know, in verse 1, it says that God tested Abraham. And the word for testing there means to prove something, to learn the true nature of something. It's the evaluation of something. I guess toward a human, it would be the evaluation of character. But, you know, the word, it, it really talks about like metals and, and precious stones. So if you had presented uh, a piece of jewelry to a jeweler, and you claimed, well, okay, this jewelry is made out of this metal, this jewelry has these stones in it, the jeweler would put that piece of jewelry to the test to see and to prove if that piece of jewelry really was made of that metal, if that piece of jewelry really had those stones in it. It's a proof of what is there. Well, God was giving Abraham an opportunity Well, you know, and God obviously already knows. So the test wasn't for God's sake. You know, the the test wasn't given, you know, so that Abraham could prove something to God. Abraham needed to know who he was. Abraham needed to know what he was truly made of. Abraham needed to know what was really in his heart. And so this was a test of the heart. It was a test to prove what Abraham really was made of? Did he think too highly of himself? Did he think too lowly of himself? What did he think of himself? You know, we know that the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So the heart is not easily known because, you know, as the rest of that verse goes in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's hard to know what's really going on in the heart. What is really there we might believe things about ourselves but when we're put under the test when we're put under pressure we learn that what we thought about ourselves really isn't the reality of things you know we may think that we're on fire for Christ oh yeah i love jesus i'm here i'm woo let's conquer the world for christ And so we think maybe, uh, you know, I would have no problem sharing the faith with somebody. But then maybe an opportunity presents itself for you to share your faith with someone with whom you don't necessarily click. Someone maybe who's rubbed you the wrong way. Someone who you might have a little friction with. You have this opportunity to share the gospel with this person that, let's face it, you might not necessarily care for. And so you don't. You don't share with them. You remain silent. Well, guess what? You just found out what's really in your heart. You're not as on fire for Christ maybe as you thought you were. And so we could say that God put him to the test so that Abraham would understand what was in his heart to prove his character. So that Abraham would be able to make an honest evaluation about himself. Again, this was more for Abraham's sake. God knew what was in his heart. And, and so maybe, you know, there's times that we let pride get the best of us. We think we're all that in a bag of chips or whatever the current saying is, you know. We, we just think that we're hot stuff. And so God puts us to the test so we truly see what's going on inside of us. And maybe we need to make some adjustments. Let me give you a prayer from Scripture that it's not going to be on the screen, but it's a dangerous prayer. If you're going to pray this prayer, you better be ready for what comes. But the prayer comes from Psalm 26:2. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. You know, it might be easy to say those words, but to actually mean what those words say, that's a whole other story. Are you sure you really want God to put you to the test to see what's in your heart and mind? Are you ready for that? But how else are you going to grow? How else are you going to move? You know, God will put us to these tests so we know. We know where we're at. So then we can move forward. You know, what we're going to learn... For those of us who are saved by the grace of God through Jesus Christ, guess what? Even though we're saved, we still need his grace in our life. I'm not as hot of stuff as I thought I was. I still need the grace of God. I fall so short. But you know what? I'm going to keep moving forward. So don't shy away from the test. Let him test you so you know what's in your heart. But there's another aspect of the test. And so the second aspect of this test is that it's a test of understanding. It's a test of of understanding. In in verse 2, God said to him, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. You know what all... God's never cruel. But I mean, it almost seems like God's twisting the knife by saying that. Take your son. Oh, by the way, your, your only son. Now, we know he had Ishmael, but it means your unique son, your unique son of promise. Take your son, your unique son, the one whom you love. I mean, God just keeps piling up. In case you don't know who I, Isaac is, I mean, he keeps you know, the son, your, your favorite son, let's face it. Take your favorite son the apple of your eye, and do this. You know, Abraham became so enamored with his son. The son became the center of his world, and maybe not God. So God wanted to test Abraham, maybe to give Abraham an understanding where his affections ought to truly lie. Because there was the danger If it didn't happen, there was the danger of Isaac becoming the center of Abraham's life instead of God. And Abraham needed to come to an understanding where his affections were and where his affections ought to be. And how... He needed to come to an understanding of how he treated the things that God gave and what he had in this world. Because Isaac was the result of a direct promise from God, right? He was the direct answer to the promise of God. But then maybe Abraham started going around saying, Isaac is my son. He is all mine. Abraham maybe started taking possession of, in a way that he shouldn't have. Forgetting to whom everything truly belongs, right? The the psalmist in Psalm 24-1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Everything belongs to God. And, And so Abraham needed to gain an understanding that, yeah, okay, Isaac is your son, but ultimately Isaac belongs to God. Because even though He is your son. He is God's promise. And he is the one through whom God is going to work. And so he says, give Isaac as a burnt offering. Now, the burnt offering was unique amongst the the different offerings that that, that God, you know, gave. Eventually, we learn more uh, at the time of the Mosaic Law. Because the other offerings, like the animal would kind of be, split apart, and some of it would be burned on the altar, some of it would be kept. But not with the burnt offering. With the burnt offering, everything was given. I mean, everything was completely and utterly given to God. And that was to be Isaac. Abraham, you need to come to understanding. Isaac belongs to me. You need to give him all to me. You know, Abraham, you call Isaac your unique son you need to realize that Isaac, along with everything else on the earth, belongs to God, right? And and, and so being a burnt offering meant Isaac was God's. God could do with him as he pleased. God can do with him as he pleased because he belonged to God. You know, we may be put to the test so we come to an understanding that everything we have, And I mean, everything we have belongs to God. And you know what he can do with it as he pleases? Cars, his. House, his. Job, his. School, his. Children, his. Spouse, his. Everything. The church, his. You know, we may become, we we may start to, (coughs) we may start to become so enamored with the things of this world and the things that we have. God may put us to the test so we come to an understanding. It all belongs to him. Everything. And so we submit everything to him. We submit everything to his plans. Yeah, you know what? We, we say we make our plans, but we submit our plans to God. You know what, God? Subordinate all my plans to you we come to an understanding that we belong to him our plans belong to him our dreams belong to him and so we don't set up the parameters how things ought to be we don't ever say you know what I'm never gonna do this I'm only gonna do this this is the way things are going to be that's not for us to say you know there's the old joke where you know we 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 pray Lord Or, you know, maybe we'll even say in kind of arrogance, I'm never going to Africa, and then, sure enough, God sends us to Africa or something like that. Now, God doesn't necessarily work like that. I mean, God's not going to send you to Africa like as a punishment. Oh, because you're prideful, you're going to Africa. If he's going to send you to Africa, it's because it's his plan. But that's the point. You know what? You don't set parameters on God. You need to come to an understanding that God's plan trumps everything else. And so Abraham maybe needed to come to understanding, look, you're so enamored with Isaac. Isaac belongs to me. My plans for Isaac are more important than whatever you think. Whatever you think your plans are for Isaac, my plans are better. And so that's another reason we might be put to the test. But then a third test is a test of obedience. A test of obedience. God tells Abraham to sacrifice the very child that he promised. And and, you know, Abraham, there's, there's a lot that's missing from this passage. We really don't know what Abraham thought. But he may have been thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would God give me something only to take it away? Why would God promise something only to take it away? I mean, as Job found out, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But it may not have made any sense to, To Abraham because God has plans and he has purposes and he has a will and and he's moving things according to his will and and sometimes God does things and asks things or commands things that might seem a little off off the wall to us because it doesn't make any human sense But that's the wonderful thing God doesn't work according to human sense God doesn't work according to human rationality and praise him for it how limited he would be if he if he lived and and worked according to to human rationality his ways are so much higher than ours his thoughts and ways are higher than the heavens are the earth so, so, God commands things. God orders things. And it might not make any sense to us. And so now we have a choice. Are we going to obey God all the time? Or are we maybe only going to obey God when we think it makes sense to us? You know, we, the Lord is leading us in a direction. Well, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, we find a command within Scripture and we're like, well, that doesn't make sense. So I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to think my own way. You you are either going to obey God or you're not. And I see so much of the church at kind of this crossroads. Because now there's... I mean, if you want to call it controversial, to me it's not controversial because Scriptures are clear. But that's the problem. There's the controversy. Well, the Scriptures may say this, but I don't really want to believe that, so I'm going to do this over here. Well, yeah, you know, (coughs) the Scriptures clearly say the LGBTQ lifestyle is sin, but then these folks say, but I, I... that doesn't make sense in our day and age. In our day and age, we've moved past that. So instead, we're going to go and do this. There's, a con- there's controversy even within our own convention. The Bible clearly says that these people have certain roles. God has given certain roles of authority to certain people but then there's folks who say, yeah, but, but that is from a different culture. We live in a more enlightened culture, so we're going to go do this instead. Therein lies the test. Are you going to obey God or not? Whether you think it makes sense or not, whether you like it or not, will you obey him and his word yeah we we live in a different age you know what yeah we live in a different age but god's word is timeless god is eternal god didn't write give his word and say well you know i'm giving my revelation but it's only good until the year 100 A.D., and then y'all just go do whatever you want. No! God's word is timeless. His commands are timeless. And Now we are coming to a place of a test. Will we obey or not? I mean, Abraham was there. Is he going to obey or not? Is he going to take Isaac and do what God said? is he there? So there's this test of obedience. There's a fourth test, the test of endurance. You know, our passage tells us that in order to to get to this mountain that that God had chosen, it was like a three-day journey. It was like a two- or three-day journey. So think about this. God just told you to sacrifice the son that you love, and you have a two- or three-day journey for it to weigh heavy on your mind. I mean, who knows the thoughts that ran through Abraham's head, that two or three day journey to this place. I mean, there, he, there may come a point where he said, well, you know what? He's thinking about it and he's thinking about it and he's like, you know what? Forget this. I'm going home. Turn around. And let, let's go back. But it, it's a test of endurance to see if he would move forward, to see if he would give in to despair, to see if he would keep fighting for what God desired. If he would fight against his natural urgencies and do what he was told, and endure. And endure. (coughs) There's this old Indian parable about two frogs who found themselves in this dairy. And they're hopping and jumping around and they both jumped into this this pail that was half full of milk, some cream. And after swimming around for some time, they try and get out, but they can't get out. It's too slippery, it's too wet. I mean, they they just can't get out. And, And so... One frog thought, well, you know what? This is useless. I'm never going to get out of here. And so he kind of sunk and died. And he drowned. But then the other frog, he kept hoping against hoping. he kept swimming and kept swimming and kept swimming. And he's like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to endure. And I'm going to endure. Well, he kept, remember, this is a parable. This isn't real life. This can't really happen. So he's moving around. He's doing, the, doing his thing. He stirred that cream up so much it turned into butter. It solidified and he was able to jump out. It's a parable. Don't go home with a bucket full of, hey, let me put two frogs in there, see what they do. And the point is, he endured. He persisted. And a and, and, you know, that lot, that lot of that test is, are we going to endure? And the endurance of walking those two or three days God used that time to prepare him, to to teach him perseverance, to endure. So even with everything that's heavy on his mind, he endured and he kept at it, not knowing the income. But instead, trusting the character of God, and that leads to quickly the final test. Number five, there's the test of belief. It came to a point of whether he really believed God was who he said he was and God would do what God said he would do I mean ultimately that was the test would he trust God would he trust his word would he trust his character I mean Abraham knew God had promised him the land God had promised him descendants specifically through Isaac and that the rest of the world would be blessed through his offspring so would Abraham believe God or not I mean you you think the logical questions how could God give Abraham or how could God have Abraham sacrifice Isaac and still fulfill the promise how could Abraham kill his own son And yet he still have descendants through the son that he killed. I mean, there's human logic. Well, that makes no sense to me. But Abraham chose to trust God. He chose chose to trust that God would figure out the details. So, you know, they get to the mountain. Abraham told the servants, wait here and we're going to be back. Abraham didn't know how in the world this was going to work. Somehow, I'm going to go up on this mountain, I'm going to kill my son, and yet, we're going to both be back. You know, the writer of Hebrews actually kind of gives us a peek into Abraham's thinking. In Hebrews 11:17 17 through 19, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So here's kind of Abraham's thought process. God gave me a promise. I have received the promise that my seed is going to be called through Isaac. So if I do sacrifice Isaac, God must be going to raise him from the dead. Now that goes against human logic. But in God logic, that wouldn't make perfect sense. And so this is where all the testing leads. and. This is where the testing we go through ultimately leads. Are we going to trust God? Are we going to believe him? Are we going to believe his word? Are we going to believe the promises that are given in scripture about us? Are we going to believe his character? Are we going to trust God or not? Yeah, but all of this is going on in my life. Okay, are we going to trust God or not? Yeah, but I'm having this difficulty. Are you going to trust God or not? Now, Abraham, in a sense, we could say he passed the test. And so he learned about himself, he learned more about God. And he grew from that experience. And now after that, he trusted God even more. He trusted God even more. Because God provided a substitute. Remember, he named the place the Lord will provide, or the Lord provides. Abraham was going to kill Isaac. But the Lord stopped him and gave a substitute, gave that ram instead. And you know what's so interesting about this story is that we are able to trust God because he provided a substitute for us as well. Isn't that amazing? That that ram stuck in the thicket, you know, its horns were stuck in the thicket. That ram is a picture of Christ. Remember what Abraham said before he went up on the mountain? And and he's walking with Isaac and Isaac is like, "Okay, I see the wood, I see the fire, I see the everything else. Where's the sacrifice? What did Abraham tell Isaac? God would provide for himself the sacrifice. I know I can trust God with anything. I know he is worthy to be trusted and that I am able to pass the tests that he puts in my life because he provided the substitute. He provided for himself the sacrifice in Jesus Christ. And so because he provided that substitute, we know we can trust him. So maybe you're going through some tests right now. You know, you need to pray and you need to ask God, what are you trying to teach me? Where is this going? What do I need to know about myself? Am I needing, is there something in my heart that needs to come to light? Do I need a lesson in obedience and perseverance? Do I need my trust to be enhanced? Maybe you want to come to the altar today and just pray as you're going through these tests. Okay, Lord, where are we going? Where are we going with this? What do you want me to learn? You know, the the tests are there to drive you to God, not drive you away from God. And so come and pray about that if you're going through some tests. But maybe you haven't trusted in the sacrifice that he has provided. That is the first step. That is number one step. You have to trust in Jesus Christ, the son who was the sacrifice. The son who was the substitute. And you need to believe in him, and so maybe today you need to trust in him. I'll be up front during the invitation and just come up and and, and I'll tell you about my Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, I know He is trustworthy. I mean, sometimes I need to relearn that lesson, but I know that He is more than trustworthy. You can trust Him, not only with your life here on this earth, but with your eternal soul. You can trust Him. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at kidsquest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.